Hey guys, what's going on? My name is Dr. Colin Zhu, and thank you so much for being here with us. This is the Thrive Bites podcast, and welcome to season five. Here we talk about three things, plant-powered living, enhancing emotional resilience, and creating a thriving mindset. And I interview the most passionate guests here, ranging from physicians to coaches to dietitians to entrepreneurs. And my hope is to give you really informative and high-valued conversations. So please follow us here on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and wherever you hear your podcasts. Come on in, and I can't wait to see you inside. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Thrive Bites Podcast. I'm Dr. Colin Zhu, and today I'll be interviewing Chef Dora Stone, and she is a chef, recipe developer, and creator of Dora's Table. And we have a wonderful, wonderful conversation, especially how do we make Mexican and other Hispanic, you know, food more plant-based and more vegan. And wonderful conversation about where she was born and grew up. What is the current Hispanic vegan lifestyle and trend nowadays? So, and she's going to show us a demo of one of her favorite lunch recipes. So you don't want to miss this and I'll see you inside. Okay, guys. Well, welcome to another episode of Thrive Bites Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Colin Zhu, and thank you so much for being here with us. You could have been anywhere in the world, and you decided to spend just a few precious moments of your time to be with us today, and I greatly appreciate it. So today, we have a fabulous guest. Her name is Chef Dora Stone, and she is a chef recipe developer, and she's her own photographer at Dora'sTable.com, and Mi Mero Mole. And she was born and raised in Mexico and is a graduate of uh, CIA, not the federal government, but the Culinary Institute of America in New York. And she adopted a vegan diet to take control of her health. And she's very passionate about teaching others about the benefit of a plant-based lifestyle and is also the author of Vegan Tamales Unwrapped, a step-by-step guide to sweet and savory tamales. And she's been featured in several publications, including but not uh, least Parents Latina uh, Magazine, BuzzFeed, Veg News Magazine, Entrepreneur.com. And she's worth extensively with the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine and the development of their app and also as a contributor for Dr. Neil Bernard's book, The Vegan Starter Kit. And she's bilingual. And without further ado, we are going to say hi to Chef Dora. Hello. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's so great to be here. Thank you so much for taking the time out to be with here today. I am super, super stoked. Um, thank you again, Dora. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. First things first, where are you calling from? I am in Del Rio, Texas, which is right on the border with Mexico, where I was born in Acuña, which is right across the border where I am from right now. Okay. Okay. Awesome. And uh, how did your uh, family came over? What was the major deciding factor? Well, actually, my family is still in Mexico. My parents live there. Yeah. (laughs) It's uh, if you're not familiar with the border, you know, it's like a big mishmash, you know, the American side, the Mexican side, and there's like a bridge that divides us. So we're kind of like mm. a big city. My parents um, have a restaurant in Mexico. I live on the other side of the border, but I came to the United States to go to school, to go to nice. the CIA. Nice, nice. Awesome. So food brought you over. Yes. 
<laughs> I love it. Uh, I think that food is, you know, in addition to music and arts is, you know, one of those few things that really bridges cultures and people from every background and every color together. And hopefully it continues to be one of those avenues that still binds us. And I think in a world that we currently live in, um, and as we move forward, you know, we definitely need more uniting, we definitely need more healing, and we definitely need more togetherness. So, you know, so number one, thank you for carving out that portion of life to doing all this, you know, I think it's a huge contribution. And you know, food is such an important part of the Mexican community, and really all of like Latino communities. It's um, like you said, it's it brings us together, it helps us share our life experience, our memories, it's such a big part of who we are. So I am so excited to be able to share that, you know, with all your listeners today. Yeah, yeah. So I love hearing about the origin story of my guests and how they got from point A to point B and where they're currently the most creative, passionate and, uh, you know, love contributing in their own way to the world. So how, as a Mexican, as a Latina, how did you get into the vegan lifestyle? You know, I went vegan about seven years ago, and it was because of a health problem. And I had a health problem, and I kept going to doctors and doctors and doctors, and everybody would just give me a different medication. And it was medication after medication, and I uh, it became like a huge cycle where my symptoms would improve, and then it, they would stop improving, and then they would switch me to a different medication. And at that time, I was living in California, and I had a friend who told me I should watch the documentary Forks Over Knives. And I didn't want to. <laughs> I didn't want to because... Because I was working as a chef and I loved meat and I loved cheese and I knew that if I watched it and it like convinced me I was gonna I was gonna try it at least mm -hmm. and I just didn't want to but my friend was so insistent like I would see her about once a week because we were in like a little group together and every time I saw her, she would say, did you watch it? And I'm like, no, I didn't watch it. Did you watch it? I'm like, no, I didn't watch it. <laughs> I finally had to watch it because she wouldn't leave me alone. Oh. And yeah, and my suspicions were correct. I watched it and I was like, well, I at least have to try it. At least I have yeah. to try it. Yeah. And I did. I tried it a couple of times. It was very hard for me. I, I would mm. try it and then I would go back and I would try it again and I would go back. And then for a while, I was like, well, I didn't see any improvement. You know, I'm just going to go back to eating meat. And then I did it for a period of about 40 days. Mm -hmm. And that's when I began to see changes in my health. And then I was like, okay, I, had, I have to stay vegan. You know, mm. I have to because my health just improved greatly. And then, you know, after that, you know, you once you're in, I feel like the vegan world, then you really learn about factory farming and the environment. And it just kind of all the dots connect together. But for me, the first step was for health reasons. Mm -hmm. So I know the C CIA um, hosts this annual conference with the Harvard Public School of Health Healthy Kitchen, Healthy Lies in St. Helena, right next to Napa. I think I attended it maybe back in 13. And I know Forks Over Knives came out two years prior to that. And, uh, you know, to me, it was like, it was awesome. It was kind of my second time because I went to the Natural Gourmet Institute. Um, and uh, that was my second time of being iterated in terms of doctors and the culinary world actually coming together and actually having that iteration. So for me, it was not just a light bulb. It was like floodlights. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was like floodlights. You're like, okay, I can't, I can't turn back now. So uh, I'm curious, were you able to get off of all the medications once you transitioned to a vegan lifestyle? Yes. I think it took about six months of doing mm -hmm. it, you know, without 
any cheating <laughs> mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. any cheating. And then after that, I was able to go off all my nice, medications. Nice. Nice. Did you uh, thank your friend, you know, later on? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Then like later on, um, she got into like keto and I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> are you like, I'm not going to follow you on, on this. Like, yeah, you know, <laughs> So being that, you know, you come from, you know, a Mexican culture, Mexican background, you know, I'm in Southern California, I worked in LA, I worked in OC, you know, huge Mexican population over here. Um, You've lived in California. How easy or how challenging is it, you know, to transition and make vegan plant-based fare? You know, for me, it was difficult um, in the beginning, but because I feel there wasn't as many resources seven years ago as there is now. And I actually didn't even think about doing Mexican food vegan until my mother was diagnosed with type two diabetes. Mm. And I had recently, you know, I work with the physicians committee and Dr. Mm. Neil Bernard has a a book about reversing type two diabetes, the plant-based diet. So I was trying to get her to, you know, go plant-based because like, well, you have got to type two, you know, type two diabetes. And I kept trying to feed her, she would say weird things, which was tofu. Because <laughs> I love tofu. <laughs> I love tofu. And I like tried to feed it to her once. And she thought it was like the most disgusting thing in the whole wide world. She's like, never give this to me again. Till this day, she still has not tried tofu again. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I know. But she, she looked at me and she's like, why don't you just make it Mexican? And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so from that moment on, I was like, of course. So now it became my mission to mm-hmm. veganize all of Mexican food, which, you know, <laughs> it's not such a reach because the basis of the cuisine itself is beans, it's corn, mm-hmm. it's tomatoes, it's chiles. You just have to go back, you know, like pre colonization, which brought in, you know, like pigs and dairy and all that flour and all that stuff. So that's when I started um, veganizing um, Mexican recipes. But now, like if you were going to transition now, there are so many resources, so many good like vegan Mexican these social accounts like TikTok on, on Instagram that you could do it. It's not, you know, before you couldn't get like it was crazy. Where am I going to find, you know, like a weird uh, nutritional yeast? It was like who has nutritionally like super, you know, like health food stores. And now it's at your, it's at my like Walmart, <laughs> mm. you know? So I think right now it's completely different from seven years ago. There's so many more resources, but as a Mexican, it did take a little bit of a change in my, in my mindset, you know, because yeah. I was so accustomed to being like, I have my meat, I have my tortilla, I have my rice and my beans. And in the beginning, it was like, that's it, just like rice and beans and a vegetable. Yeah. Like it did take a little bit of a, a change of mindset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And beans, I'm glad that you said beans because, you know, I consider it a superfood. You know, if you look at the blue zones, you know, the longest living people on earth, it's something that's shared, you know, in all of them, you know. Um, I am curious though, like how has the vegan trend or plant-based trend picked up over time? You know, you mentioned supermarkets, you know, here we have El Superior, we have Northgate, big Hispanic, you know, marketplaces. When you go to conventional traditional ones, you do 
see specific aisles for like organic, you have, you know, other uh, plant-based, you know, aisles that you see. Has that been adopted in supermarkets? Have you noticed it? Fast foods, you know, changing a little bit, menus changing a little bit. Like what have you seen over time? It, I definitely, because I believe right now it's like super popular with the, you know, the advent of the plant-based meats, you know, like Beyond Meat and all that stuff. You know, a lot of the fast food places, like the town I live in is a small town. And even like the Burger King has the Beyond Meat burger. And that to me is mind blowing because here in town, I'm probably like, the only one who orders it. <laughs> and it's, it's like a, you know, maybe like once a year thing. So that for me has been like, wow, like everybody's at least thinking like, well, maybe like one day a week, I'll go plant based. And in the grocery stores as well, like I mentioned, now you can get nutritional yeast. Now you can get TVP. And actually, mm. TVP in Mexican grocery stores it, it has always been a popular like meat substitute. But now, you know, like you can get all these things that before you couldn't get. I do feel though, especially in the um, in like the low income communities, it's still very hard to get fresh fruits and vegetables. Like just in the town that I am now, mm. um, I have like just basic fruits and vegetables. Like there's nothing, you know, if I want to get like specialty produce, like I can't find it here. So I think more processed vegan food is more available, mm. but there's still a little bit ways to go on a more variety of fruits and vegetables, especially in low-income areas. Yeah, like food access and, you know, that we've seen, you know, over time, the health and racial disparities that we've seen. My next question, and part of it you've already answered was, you know, how has living a vegan lifestyle um, impacted, you know, your life? And you had mentioned about your family. If you wanted to share more about that, yeah, you may. Um, I'm also curious on how it's impacted your own family and your extended family and the communities uh, surrounding you. You know, my family, my mother is still, I would say, transition. She's been transitioning for like four years. <laughs> it, it's just difficult, um, more culturally than in terms of food and what's available. It's just culturally, we're so tied to yes. our foods. So that, like in my family specifically, I'm still the only one that's fully vegan. But I would mm -hmm. say that everybody, everybody in my family has gone a little bit more towards plant-based than you know like before where it was like meat every day all day you know breakfast lunch dinner you know there was animal products in it but i think the biggest change has been even though they're not fully vegan they have changed their mindset like in the mm. beginning my parents were like oh you don't eat meat okay you have chicken right and i'm like no but <laughs> <laughs> you can have cheese right and i'm like no and I'm like well, what are you gonna eat and now it's completely yeah. different. Now, you know, they accept that I've made this change. It's not such a big like cultural shock. You know, now in, in Christmas, like I'll bring my batch of tamales and, every, mm -hmm. and then, you know, somebody else will bring, you know, their own tamales, but everybody eats my tamales. So it, it really has gone into the fabric of our family. And mm -hmm. I really love that, even though, I mean, I wish everybody was vegan, but even though that's not so, they have seen improvement in their health, even with reducing the amount of animal products that they eat. I, I'm totally, you know, um, uh, resonate with that. And being an Asian American, I come from a Chinese background, it's similar, you know, because it's so ingrained that, you know, if you, if, if you don't eat meat, in the Chinese culture, it's more like, where is the sustenance coming from? Where is, 
you know, the satiety, where is the, you know, uh, filling, you know, portions of it, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm like you, I transitioned in 14. So that was like eight years ago. And I love meat. I love the taste of it, but I did it also for health reasons and now more so for sustaining global sustain sustainability reasons. So, um, so you do see, um, this echoing in your own, you know, local communities and extended family members. And I applaud you, you know, for keep going with it because it's, sometimes it can feel lonely, right? <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. My next question to you is with your mission of Doors Table, what is the mission and goal of what you want to put out there? You know, for those who don't know you, what are you currently doing and what do you hope to achieve with it? I think the biggest thing that I always wanted to accomplish with Doors Table is to get people to at least try it, especially in the Mexican community. You know, it's very, I live in Northern Mexico. Well, I don't live in Mexico, but I was born and raised in Northern Mexico. And um, it's very meat centric. It's very um, it's like where the cowboys live, you know, it's like cattle, it's like meat centric. So for my biggest mission was always that to, to have them at least try it. If you Give it a chance, at least once. You know, like I dare you to try my vegan pozole and say that you don't like it. <laughs> or my jackfruit tamales. And I've taken my jackfruit tamales to Christmas and not said they're vegan. And everybody's like, oh, these are great. They're amazing. And nobody knows they're not vegan. My mission has always been for people to try it. There's so many benefits. There's so many. It really has enriched my life so much in so many ways. And I know it's hard and I know everybody has a different, you know, a different life, different situations, different, you know, economic situations, but you can try it. You can try it and maybe it'll change your life. I know it will bring you benefits. So that's really for my community is, is I want to share all these amazing things with them, all these amazing benefits that I've experienced from living this way. And they just have to try it once, just once. <laughs> and in terms of cost, you know, I'm sure you would agree, like, it's actually a lot cheaper um, to, to eat, you know, and you don't necessarily need to get everything organic. You don't have to shop at Trader Joe's or Whole Foods, you know, a lot, especially the Hispanic markets, produce is like so abundant. And it's a lot, you know, a lot of it is a lot cheaper, especially in terms of health do uh, dollars, you know, you're you're saving an emergency room costs, right? You're saving future repeated doctor visits of needing to refill medications, right? So at least in my opinion, cost is uh, a lot cheaper, so. Yeah, and you can see it. Um, my role when I'm developing recipes is if I can't find the ingredient here, which is a small town on the border of Texas, then, you know, maybe I can do a substitution. Yeah, you could buy fake meat. Yeah, you could buy, you know, add nutritional yeast to something, but you don't have to, you know, rice, beans, vegetables, tortillas, those are all affordable ingredients. Yeah, for sure. So here we transition to the culinary demo. And what are you going to make for us today? Today, I'm going to make my favorite lunch. And it's a um, no tuna salad, but Mexican style. We're going nice. to make some tostadas with it. Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey guys, if you are interested in having a consultation with me and actually see me one-on-one, -on -one, um, 
the Chef Doc Lifestyle Medicine uh, practice has partnered with Plant-Based Telehealth, and uh, we offer uh, lifestyle medicine consultations. So you'll be able to see me one-on-one, and um, I can go over your health history and seeing what we can do to fill in the gaps. Uh, we can talk about your physical health, anything from food to lifestyle to diet to setting up your kitchen to cooking preparation to grocery shopping to your mental health. Um, I think it's important that we build our emotional resilience to talking about your sleep and how to stay hydrated and what are the best uh, medicines if necessary, what are the best supplementations if necessary. And we do all this in a very concise manner and it's a conversation. I take the time out to listen. I take the time out to really understand you from the ground up and to look at all aspects um, of your physical, emotional, and mental health. And um, please, you know, uh, drop me a line, schedule an appointment if you want to see me one-on-one. And um, I am very, very looking forward to learning more about you. And again, thank you so much for visiting uh, here uh, at The Chef Doc. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. Okay, so this is one of my favorite lunch ideas because it's super easy to make. So I have a can of chickpeas. And the reason why this works is I don't know what it is that the canned food, some of them have like similar flavors. So when you mash, we're going to mash the chickpeas. When you mash this chickpeas, it kind of gives you that little taste of canned tuna. And we're also going to add some ground up nori to it to get it a little extra fishiness. So what you want to do is mash all of the chickpeas. Also, I love chickpeas. They are full of protein. They're delicious. I add them to soups. I add them to stews. I love this salad. In this salad, I eat it with tostadas or I also eat it, you know, on the sandwich, like a tuna sandwich. So we're going to keep on mashing these beans and I will tell you some of my favorite easy vegan Mexican recipes that I make and one of my favorites is just tacos I can make a taco out of anything absolutely anything but my favorite is mushrooms mushrooms just have such a meaty meaty flavor and you can marinate the mushrooms. I'll make like mushroom asada. I'll marinate it in garlic, oil, some paprika. And then I'll grill portobello mushrooms. And that'll be like my carne asada. Or I'll use mushrooms as a meat substitute and like pozole. Or there's a recipe. I have a recipe for birria, which is super popular right now. And birria is uh, traditionally made with goat. Um, and it's got it's like a stew of with spices and chiles. So instead of using goat, I use um, oyster mushrooms. And if you've never worked with oyster mushrooms, oyster mushrooms you can shred them, and they kind of look, you know, like shredded shredded meat. And that's you know they bring such good umami and flavor to the dish. Let me see what else. And also in the summer, well, it's almost fall, but in the summer, I love making ceviches out of hearts of palm. I love also out of mushrooms. All right. So we are mashed. Doesn't have to be perfect. Just mashed. And we are going to add onion. And then my onion, I, I don't like it when raw onion is like super strong. 
So to get some of that intensity out of the onion, I soak it in a little bit of water just for like 10 minutes. And that takes away some of that raw onion intensity. And that's about a quarter cup of onion. And I have about a cup of diced tomato. I'm going to add right here. I have one minced jalapeno. And if you want it spicy, you know, leave the seeds in there. I never take the seeds out of the jalapeno. But if you're not into spicy food, then you can take off the seeds and the veins and it won't be as spicy. Then I'm going to add about a teaspoon of ground up nori. And this is the nori seaweed, the one that they use to make sushi. And you can buy already ground up, you know, fancy seaweed. But this is just, you know, you can probably find this those uh, sushi seaweed at the grocery store. And I put it in the blender and it becomes a little powder. Great idea. So I'm going to add a little bit. And this is going to make our little tuna, no tuna salad, fishy. Because seaweed has a very fishy flavor. So, oh. I forgot my mayo. I'm going to go get it really quick. As you're doing that, Dora, um, a common question that I get is, what is your, what is the chef's favorite way of cutting up an onion without crying? Oh, <laughs> that's contact lenses. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to no, say lab for- goggles. I have safety goggles. <laughs> <laughs> contact lenses, yeah. No, but a, a really sharp knife helps. If your knife is really sharp, you won't cry as much. Okay, so I have about a teaspoon and a half of mayo. I like to, you can also add, if you don't eat oil, you can add mashed up avocado instead. And then... Is this um, regular mayo or is this a special kind of mayo? This is vegan mayo. It's Mm. just like the Hellman's has a vegan mayo now and it's actually pretty good. And then I'm adding, you can add lime juice, but I like adding the liquid from the Mexican pickled jalapenos, the jalapenos en escabeche. And this is about a tablespoon. And this is gonna make it a little bit more spicy, but it's gonna add a really good acidity to it. So now you mix it all up and I'm gonna add just a tiny little little bit of salt because the chickpeas, the canned chickpeas usually already come cooked in salt. And the liquid from the jalapeno brine is a brine, so it also has salt. So you got to keep an eye on that. And so this is what it looks like. Mm. And tell me, this doesn't look like tuna salad. <laughs> yeah, it's like back in the it's like back in the day where you do the blindfold test for Coke and Pepsi. You know that blind test oh, yeah. uh, back in the day. <laughs> so how I like to eat it is either in a sandwich or in a tostada. So I have a, a baked tostada right here. And I'm going to put some spring greens, some lettuce. And then I'm going to put my no tuna salad on top. And you could eat it like this. Or you could also top it with more slices of avocado. With a huge slice of pickled jalapeno pepper. Or even with hot sauce. And there you go. It's a no tuna tostada. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. And uh, we can go back to your face. Okay. Yes. (laughs) Uh, So that's awesome. Um, Thank you so much for doing that quick uh, presentation. It's beautiful. It's a shame I can't come over and, uh, (laughs) you know, I'm just going to knock on your door. (laughs) You got to make it now. Make it. Yeah, yeah. I definitely encourage uh, you know the listeners and uh, you know viewers to to watch. All right, so Dora is going to uh, you know uh, explain to our viewers in Spanish you know why she does what she does. So take it away, Dora. Hola a todos. Mi nombre es Dora. Soy la chef Dora. 
Y yo nací y crecí en México. Y hace siete años, debido a un problema de salud, me volví vegana. Y para mí fue difícil al principio, porque no, ¿cómo era posible que iba a dejar el pozole de mi abuelita, mis tamales? Pero los beneficios a mi salud han sido tantos. El cambio en mi vida ha sido tan grande que mi misión con mi página, que en español se llama Mi Mero Mole, donde puedes encontrar recetas veganas y mexicanas. Mi misión es que tú veas y vengas a mi página y pruebes las recetas y veas que llevar una vida, una dieta basada en plantas, no es difícil. No es difícil, es muy fácil. Son comidas, son platillos a los, los que ya conocemos. Los, las enchiladas pueden ser basadas en plantas, las, como la ensalada que acabo de hacer ahorita, una ensalada de atún a la mexicana, pero hecha con garbanzos. Hay muchas sustituciones muy fáciles que puedes aplicar a tu vida y que realmente va a cambiar tu vida. Y para nosotros yo sé que la comida es algo muy especial, es una manera en la que compartimos nuestros recuerdos, nuestras celebraciones, es algo muy importante, especialmente cuando son recetas pasadas de, de nuestra abuelita a nosotros, este, de nuestros abuelitos, de nuestras tías, pero para mí es muy importante que ustedes sepan que sí se puede, que sí se puede ser mexicana, que sí se puede ser mexicana y vegana y que no tenemos que dejar nuestra cultura, que no tenemos que dejar de ser lo que somos y al hacer ese cambio tan grande. Gracias. <laughs> Muchas gracias. So, you know, we're coming to the end. Where can our audience members find you, find your recipes, find, you know, all the different offerings that you have? So my website is called doorstable.com and that's in English. In Spanish, it's called Mi Mero Mole, and the web address is mmmole.com, so like mole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes um, you just want to say a whole string of M's, so yeah. you're like, oh mole. man, I messed it up again. <laughs> um, there you can find my recipes in English and in Spanish. On social, you can find me across the board as at Doors Table and in Spanish as Mi Mero Mole. I have an ebook. If you love tamales, it's an ebook called Vegan Tamales Unwrapped. It's available on Amazon. It's only in ebook form. It's also available in Spanish. So, and you can find more than 18 recipes for vegan tamales. They're all vegan. There's also an option to make them oil free if you're oil free. And they're sweet and savory. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, we'll definitely leave it in the show notes so people can just click away and, uh, you know, get some of your wonderful, wonderful tamales and, uh, you know, also find your recipes um, on your blog site. So, uh, Dora, Chef Dora, thank you so, so much. Um, I think you're, you know, making such a great waves, especially, you know, for English and Spanish speaking, you know, mm -hmm. our audiences and uh, just another great contribution to the world. You know, you know, I don't know if that was the goal from the get go, but in the world <laughs> that we're living in, um, it very much is. So I thank you so, so much for taking the time out for spending with us today. Oh, thank you for having me. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for watching this episode. If you like this, please like, subscribe, and comment. And if you feel that this was a benefit for someone else, please let them know. And until then, please say goodbye to Chef Dora.
<laughs> hey guys, thank you so much for watching that episode. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you like this, please like, follow, and subscribe. And please follow us for the latest updates for this season, season five. And if you feel that this was a benefit for someone else, please let them know. And please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, and YouTube. And thank you so much again. And we will see you on the next one.